Good morning, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the KRFY Morning Show, except that this is actually the Wednesday edition. This is your co-host, Julie Kalamine, usually with Julie Prochinski or Phil Huff, but today I'm solo, and I have an exciting and fun interview to share with everybody. I would like to introduce uh, CAL, which is the Community Assistance League, and the guests that I'll be talking with today are Sherry Warber, who is the Bizarre Bizarre Store co-manager. Hello, Sherry. Hello. Good morning. Yes, thanks for joining us. And Beth Drain, Beth Drain, Beth, you are the president of CAL. Hello, Beth. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. It's so nice to have you both here. So... First of all, I'll start by saying that everybody at Cal is a volunteer, and they will talk more about that. And for those of you who've been in Sandpoint for a while, I have a feeling you'll know about the upscale resale, not thrift store, Bizarre Bazaar. Those of us who enjoy thrift stores love this store. Well, uh, welcome to you, Beth and Sherry. And I'd ask that you would take a minute and tell the listeners a little bit about yourselves. I'd like to know how you came to Sandpoint, how you got involved with Cal. Sherry, why don't you start? I came to Sandpoint originally in 2004. Uh, We had been living in Arizona and decided we missed the trees and the water of the Northwest. And Sandpoint was a perfect location for us to come, and we fell in love with it right away. I had lived here just a short period of time, and a friend introduced me to Cal. I didn't join at the time because I was working full-time for another business, but once I Retired from that business, I just beat feet to Bizarre Bazaar's door and Community Assistance League. I was really taken with their simple business plan and the feeling that they had of just welcoming everybody who walked in the door, whether you were a customer, a fellow volunteer, just anybody in the community. And I, for the first time, felt like I had really come home. And that's how I think... Community Assistance League does affect so many people here. I became quite involved with the store and eventually became the co-manager, which I've enjoyed tremendously because I get a chance to interact with more people on a daily basis. Cal means a lot to me. Bizarre Bizarre means a lot to me, as does Sandpoint, and I'm really happy to be here. Wow, what a nice way to tell our listeners about yourself, and what a glowing review of Cal. That was lovely. Beth, that's going to be tough to follow, but we'd like to hear about you and how you got involved with Cal. I'm also a transplant from Southern California, living uh, near the beach for all those years. I finally told my husband that it was time to go back to the mountains, because that's where I'm originally from. So the thing that drew us here was the mountains the small town, the slower pace and wide open spaces. And after I stopped working full time as a court reporter, it was time to give back. And several Cal members had invited me to some of their meetings so that I was able to see what they did, how they operated, and the kinds of events and things that they did for the community. So it was my opportunity to give back. That's wonderful. Well, tell us how you came from, I imagine you didn't start as the president. How did you work your way from volunteer, just plain old volunteer to president? (laughs) It happened pretty quickly. I've only been a member for six years and I'm president already. So that means I almost immediately went on to the board in the position as secretary. Seemed a likely spot for me to start since I'm a court reporter. 
But then after that, um, I was elected as vice president and was able to experience that for a couple of years. And then it sort of fell into place that it was my turn to be president. Yes. And Sherry wanted to add something. I wanted to add something. When Beth joined us as a volunteer, we were immediately drawn to her sparkle and her intelligence and the fact that we really wanted to get her more involved and started by inviting her to become a team leader. That's true. I am a team leader. All right. In addition to being president that I volunteer, what, two full days a month. Okay, that's wonderful. Well, let's move on to Cal itself, the Community Assistance League. It has such an interesting story, creational story and history. Someone needs to tell us, tell those of us who don't already know it about that. In 1979, the Community Assistance League was born. There were three or four women, I can't remember their names right now, sorry about that, ladies, um, who got together and had the discussion about what they could do for their community. And so they named themselves the Community Assistance League as a non-political, secular group to meet monthly to discuss the local issues in the community as well as education being foremost in their minds. And since assistance was their middle name, we set about doing just that, assisting. Moved up to 1988, and Cal began its scholarship program, offering awards to high school graduates and continuing education students. And by 1999, Cal was able to give $10,000 to 17 community projects and uh, also scholarships. Moving up until today and last year, we were able to give away $206,000 to local uh, organizations and our students. And we're on target to continue that this year. It is such an amazing story. I can't imagine there's another nonprofit in this region that is able to help as much as you all do. And there's a little more to the story. You're, you don't, you, you disperse, you know, it's not for one particular um, nonprofit, right? Tell us how, how the distribution is is formulated or organized it's it's interesting it really is we have two committees one for grants and one for scholarships and each year or every two years the members on those committees change from within our our membership what they do is the scholarships are posted on uh, sandpoint high school scholarship line so any student from any school in the Bonner community area can pull a, a application from there. They can also get applications by paper, too, but it's easier to go through the high school's website. For our grants, our grant application process starts out. You can either make an online uh, request or you can do it by paper. And this happens once a year for each of those. We're going into our open grant and scholarship season now. As a matter of fact, it starts March fun for grants, and we're already into scholarships. Once all of these have been collected for either scholarships or grants, the committee members sit down and start going through these. We know how much money we have to give away, and it's our job to decide based on the need, the... um, Attributes of the recipient, who gets how much money? 
And it's it's really a gratifying thing. It's a lot of fun. And I've learned a lot about the community because I have been on the grants committee as well. Yeah. And then we, the recipients are notified. And then we do a, a season of giving, which is in June, where we award the grants and the scholarships. Wow. June is a big month for you then. Um, is there a minimum amount that the grants offer and a maximum, or is it completely up to those committees? It's up to those committees. As I said, we have a set amount that we're given each year based on uh, what is in our treasury. Yes. <laughs> right. And um, then we have to work within those parameters. But some people will ask for $500 for a grant. Some people will ask for $5,000 for a grant. It just depends on what the scope of their project is. Yeah, interesting. So so you really have a big job then in just determining who who will be awarded what. It's mm-hmm. not like just a rubber stamp, 500 here, 500 there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, challenging. And how, who, on the committees, how are those folks um, trained? Is there special training or is it on-the-job training? You, you review applications and kind of hash it out? We have a procedure now that is detailed, written down in a book. Uh, we have a little couple-of-hour initiation, I guess you would call it, where we sit down with the chairperson of the committee and she will explain what's the grants are uh who's in there we get huge notebooks which have all the information have copies of the grants so we can read and it's a very professionally set up situation where we find out about the organization what their scope is what people do they serve then they have to be very specific about what they want their money for. We also hold that, them up to, within a year, they have to get back to us to say that they have actually spent the money that way. And as far as our training, we usually have people from the year before who are still on the committee. So the new ones coming on get mentored. Good. That sounds great. On a, do you have an idea of, on average, how many applications you receive? I think last year it was about 46. That's a bunch to look at. It's mm-hmm. a lot of applications. And then for scholarships, when I was serving on the scholarship committee, we had one year over 100 scholarship applications that we had to go through with a committee of like eight or nine people. So we sort of streamlined our process so that we divide up into teams and come to our recommendations that we then take to our um, full committee meeting. Wow. That's a lot of uh, research and thought and everything. Not only do you have to, you know, attain the funds for these great programs, then you've got to really work to disperse them in the very best possible way. Absolutely. That's part of our primary mission is to shepherd this money that has been so generated by such wonderful donations from our community. Yes, that is a great story. Um, you started as a women's organization. Are you still mainly women? Mainly. Yes. We do have some gentlemen who have joined us for several years. We had a wonderful gentleman, Robert, who took care of our books, took care of items that we couldn't sell in the store, and they went to auction. 
And he was a godsend. I think he trained all of us <laughs> how to research things and to love the books and the history of some of the things we got in. He's since moved out of town, and now we have another gentleman who is taking care of our books for us. But we have a lot of husbands, too, who come in and help us. We have a, one customer who's come in and done some woodworking for us. So we have, they're not full members, but they're the, uh, our book man is a full member. So we do have men. Yeah, that's great. And I have heard about some of the husbands that help out. Uh, they're particularly helpful when you've got to pick up a piece of furniture or something like that, right? Not to stereotype that men are the only ones who can go and pick up heavy items, but they are nice sometimes for, for work like that. I don't know. Some of our women can be pretty burly when they need to be. There you go. Good. Well, all right. So the, the thrift store or upscale resale, which is named Bazaar Bazaar, tell us about it. It's unique in a few ways. First of all, where is it? Our address is 502 Church Street. We're in the same building that houses the Pie Hut. and Everybody knows where that is and the Antique Mall. And we have been there since 2011, previously in Ponderay. <clears throat> and let me tell you just a little bit about why they started the store. For several years prior to that, they had a, once a year a bazaar at the uh, community center. It was a lot of work to get all this stuff collated. And in 2005, Joyce Spiller, one of our members, convinced the then president, Tracy Gibson, and the board to explore the possibility of opening a small shop. But with the parameters that it wouldn't be a thrift store, it would be upscale resale. And everybody bought into it, and the store opened in March of 2006. The upscale label comes from the fact that they wanted to be something that was a little bit more affordable than uh, full retail, but they didn't want to be lumped into that dark and dirty corners of some thrift stores, that old image of thrift stores. And so they determined that anything that came into the store was going to be pristinely clean. It was going to be in great condition. It was going to be more, the better brands and something to entice the people. We do have a reputation of being a very professional store. And what they wanted to create also was a boutique environment, which is what we get a lot of feedback from that, especially in the summer, from our visitors to oh, the area. From the folks from outside the area. Yes. I bet they notice the difference. I do, and I'm, you know, I'm out and about quite a bit. But yes, it is a noticeably upscale store. Beautiful. And, and um uh, there's a little more going on at Bazaar Bazaar. For one thing, the volunteers seem to have all been around for a while, and they're very knowledgeable that work there. Uh, tell us a little bit about them. I mean, your jewelry case gal seems to be an expert on jewelry, and, oh, man, everybody just seems to know know their area. First of all, most of our volunteers come from such an incredible background, professional uh, hobbies, different things, and we encourage them to channel their skills and find something to do at Bazaar Bazaar that they really love. 
We don't say everybody has to iron or you, everybody has to clean. Find what you love and do it. And as an example, our jewelry gal just fell in love with the jewelry. And the time she spends taking things home and researching them is phenomenal. We have a lot of people that use several different avenues of researching for antiques. We have a lot of people who know antiques. We have people who know art. We have people who know clothing. And they've all taught us to have this all-encompassing skill to make our store the way that it is. And we don't actually train them. A lot of them train us. Oh, that's great. And so I I absolutely know that you must not be able to accept everything that's donated because you are an upscale uh, resale. And so what happens to the clothes that you aren't able to use and items? We have many different ways. We pass on anything that's usable. If it's totally damaged, then we do have to throw it away. But if it's clothing, it will go to Helping Hands Healing Hearts, which is a faith-based organization that supplies uh, clothing for people that are homeless or in transition. We pass some stuff on to the food bank. We pass some things that are to do with interiors or building homes because we do get some construction material. We send that to Habitat. So we share our largies with the rest of the community if we can't use it. Very little of it goes in the trash, and some does end up going to Goodwill as well. Absolutely. It's wonderful that we see um, how other people can use everything that we ever come across. And now they come in and ask us, well, do you have this or do you have that? And, well, just a minute, let me go and look. (laughs) I think that's great because you're able to share with the community through the store and then share with other nonprofits. What a great way to do it. Well, there's been a recent article, I'm not sure, was it in the Reader or the B, the Reader, about how to be a good donator to uh, thrift stores, upscale, resale, all that. So what are your tips for being a, a person who donates in a way that helps you all? It's a, something that would help anybody who takes in donations, any of the other organizations. But mostly it should be clean. It should be usable and in good repair. It um, should be something, if you know the store where you're donating it, think about what they sell. So we've gotten things like some pumps and batteries and mattresses, which we can't and we have to dispose of. Um, We do ask, too, that uh, if you have large donations like furniture, because we're so small, we have to be particular about the furniture that we take. And we, you know, give us a call us and give us a heads up. Tell us what you're bringing in and we'll open the front doors and welcome you in if it's something that we can use. <laughs> but um, we also look at our liability at selling some items so we don't sell things like children's strollers or high chairs. We don't take in roller skates, bicycle helmets. Um, some things just aren't real saleable, like exercise gear. We kind of know what our market is, and so we try to accept the stuff like that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, if a person wanted to check on your hours, could could they just Google Bizarre Bizarre? Absolutely. We have our 
Facebook page. We have our um, website, which is calsandpoint.org. We also have um, on the website, you can get not only applications for um, membership, there's also a way to um, learn how to donate. Oh, good. So it's all there. Just look for us at calsandpoint.org. Oh, perfect. And you can always call. Oh, good. And is the number listed? You can give it out now? or I can give it out now. It is 208-263-3400. And because our hours are 11 to 3, those are the times that we are there to answer the phone. Sure. Those are good hours. That's a good, that's a good time of day for shopping, in my view. Um, let's move on and talk about other things that Cal does, because it's more, there's more, even more. And uh, tell us about the more. We have several special projects at Cal that our members are all participating in. One is the Blanky Project for the uh, Bonner General uh, infants when they're born. We have and continue have continued since the inception of, of uh, Cal to uh, participate in the Kaleidoscope pro- projects in the public schools. Um, we do a senior giving thing every year at uh, Christmas time where we prepare bags with goodies for our seniors that are homebound. Um, but then within the organization itself, we, we still like to have fun ourselves. And so we do things like the book club and Mexican train and Mahjong. So there's other opportunities to have fun and participate and enjoy the camaraderie of our other members. Yeah, I think that's great. You get to know each other, not only when you're doing your volunteering, but to be able to really get to know one another while you're having some fun. Absolutely. That's cool. All right, and um... one thing, Julie, the cow ladies do enjoy having fun, and they like their parties, their <laughs> luncheons, and their get-togethers as well. Well, this is a perfect time then to talk about how, if if one would like to become a member of Cal, how do they go about that? Check out our website. The application is right there. If you're in the store shopping, ask anyone wearing a badge. We identify ourselves with little badges so that you know not only our name, but um, how long we've been members, and we'll show you and lead you the way to the application process. All right, and it sounds like whatever that person's strength is, you might be able to find something they'll enjoy doing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's pretty It's pretty easy, and uh, I particularly like to float around the store and do all of the di- different things, not only the intake, but the sales on the floor and things like that, so... I'm not a particularly fond person of ironing, but we have some ladies that love to iron. <laughs> My ex-mother-in-law loved ironing, but I didn't, I, that was something I just never picked up over the years. But luckily, so many things at Cal do not require ironing. I love it. That's true. Uh, I'd like to ask if there's anything going on. Are there events that the public is invited to? Anything like that? Well, we are trying to expand some of our things. We... We're starting to have flash sales where we'd like people to come into the store. We're advertising them in the usual sources of online, uh, on a, especially our Facebook page, and notices within the store that give them great opportunities to get some very good deals. Uh, we just did one for our craft department, 
and it was so successful. So we include our customers in that. Uh, I think our next big push that we want to involve customers in will be the garden center. This is one of the things that the, we let them know when it's usually the week of Mother's Day, but we let our customers know, and they are lined up outside the door the morning that we open up, and we have a garden center with all these beautiful, enticing items to use in your garden, in your patio, or whatever, and our customers really look forward to that. Well, that is a special event, and I didn't know that that happened. I'm going to watch for that. That really sounds fun. You know, another opportunity that people have is we have our general meetings the third Wednesday of every month at the Hartwood Center, and they are open. We encourage people to come, and we have programs of interest to everyone from education to herb gardening to canine companions. And so that's another opportunity to get together and possibly become a member as well. Yeah, and learn about the organization and maybe learn something at the presentation and just find out if it might be a good fit for for yourself if you were considering. I think that's a great way to introduce volunteers to a nonprofit. You all have a great model for uh, everything, for the store, for your uh, mo- method of seeing that your donations get used properly. I, you guys are some organized ladies, I've got to say. So I'd like to go to you on a personal note, and you you told us a little bit about this when you were when we were introducing you, but I'm just wondering if there's any one thing that really stands out that you love about helping out at the organization. Sherry, how about you? I guess one of my strengths at the organization in the store is I love helping people shop. And when I worked for Coldwater Creek, that was one of my strengths there. And and to help find outfits for special occasions for people is something that just gives me, I, I feel like I'm really giving back in a way to make that individual feel special. The organization is, as a whole makes a lot of people feel good with the things that we give and do. But this is my personal way of making even one lady feel really special and happy. That's really nice. What about you, Beth? I think my favorite thing is just the interaction with our customer base. Love talking to everybody. It's Since I've been working in this store, we've gotten more and more men coming into our men's department now. And it's fun to kind of guide them and direct them. And, oh, did you think about this? I was even working with a gentleman the other day who was thinking about buying some china. So it's like, whoa, this is pretty cool that we're doing that. He said, well, if I buy this, you know, do you think that would work? And it's the interaction with the customers is really, really fun for me. That's really cute. And, um, you know, what's kind of fun about the Bizarre Bazaar is that it's a fun experience where you're giving something to the customers who come in and then they're giving back to you and then you're able to award grants and scholarships. So there's really nothing that isn't sort of a giving experience. And I think everyone who shops at Cal will say that they they find it to be a value. Uh, before we began this interview, uh, our our tech, Jack Peterson, everyone knows he's also one of our broadcasters, was talking about some of the great items he got, some for him, some for his young son. And then when the gals joined me, I said at least two of the items I'm wearing came from Bizarre Bazaar. So uh, I think a lot of the Sandpoint community is wearing Bizarre Bazaar clothing. 
Absolutely, including us. Yes, <laughs> yes, I know it. I know that the volunteers love love. Yeah, sometimes we're our own best customers. <laughs> What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing at all. Well, have I missed anything? Is there anything you'd like to add? You were asking about how people can donate to Bizarre Bizarre or to the organization. And we do have the <clears throat> capability of accepting. Uh, let me back up just a moment. We uh, have some people that build it into their end-of-life plans where they actually donate money either to our scholarship or our grant situations or to our ICF fund, which is the Idaho Community Foundation. We're building an endowment there. So if for some reason Bizarre Bizarre no longer exists, we can continue our mission. Wow, that is great. So listeners, if you're making your wills or your trusts, your end-of-life plans, save a little bit out for Cal then it, so that they can continue to do these good works. Very nice to know that. Well, if I, I feel like we've covered a lot, and it's been a great talk with you both. Thank you for having us. Yes, it's Thank wonderful. you very much. You're most welcome. Listeners, this has been the Community Assistance League with my two guests, Sherry Warber, who is the co-manager of Bizarre Bizarre, Upsell Rescale, Oopsie, Upscale Resale, let's get it right, and then Beth Drain, who is the current president of Cal. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.